Welcome to Health Hats, learning on the journey towards best health. I'm Danny Van Leeuwen, a two-legged, cisgender, old white man of privilege living in a food oasis who can afford many hats and knows a little bit about a lot of health care and a lot about very little. Most people wear hats one at a time, but I wear them all at once. We will listen and learn about what it takes to adjust to life's realities in the awesome circus of healthcare. Let's make some sense of all of this. As we spend much of our time trying to absorb and filter some of the dirty water spewing from the cacophony of COVID-19 stuff, we keep asking, who wrote this? Who said that? When? Is it still true? So what? But what about blah, blah, blah? It's exhausting. Who to trust? What to trust? After draining, maddening calls with families and friends who clearly trust something different than us, we feel the cloudy mechanisms of trust, conscious or unconscious. Some people trust Dr. Fauci, others Mr. Trump. Some follow CDC, others QAnon. What does trust even mean? What is trustworthiness? In this piece, we will examine trust. We don't have the chutzpah, the energy, or the resources to give seals of approval for trust. At best, we can promote a bit of self-awareness about trust. Picture a family sitting around the breakfast table with a young person waving their tablet and exclaiming, Look what I found about mask wearing. Imagine an adult responding, Who wrote that? When was it written? Who paid for it? Did it cite any references? Does it make sense to you? We advocate for self-awareness of our own trust, faith, filters, and responses. Our overriding lesson learned is trust is complicated. Person first. So let's approach trust using our person first theme, starting with regular people and meeting them where they are. Person first includes knowing your audience and end users and understanding their questions, their circumstances, their preferences and conditions. People will find information where they usually find information. Talking heads, websites, searches, cronies, professionals. They may or may not question what they read, hear, watch. Many will share what they learn and become someone with an apparent 15-minute advantage, knowing just a little bit more. The Context of Trust For some, trust reveals itself most when they lose it. Think about losing trust in a family member, a friend, a politician, a celebrity, or a movement. Or when someone important to you loses trust in you. It's devastating. It's a punch in the gut. The inertia is trust until it isn't. For other, the inertia is mistrust. Trust must be built in a headwind. Show me your trustworthiness. So trust ferments in a context, a relationship. So let's try to understand the personal ingredients that flavor the creation of trust. 
In COVID world, personal trust ingredients include understanding an individual's circumstances, experience, and historical identity. Their tolerance for risk, their comfort with uncertainty, their attitude toward individual rights and social responsibilities, and their capacity and willingness to think critically. We'll examine each ingredient next. So first, circumstances, experience, and historical identity. Ponder 911. Many people trust that when they call 911, someone will come quickly to help them, whatever help they need. But if you live in a community where 911 doesn't come, or the help isn't helpful, or it's downright lethal, you won't trust 911. 911 has a long racist history. See more in the show notes. Many people raise the Tuskegee syphilis study as an influence on trusting the medical system. Different circumstances, different experiences, different history. Trust is complicated. Next, let's talk about risk tolerance. Here's a COVID-19 risk tolerance scale published by the APNA, the Association for Premier Nanny Agencies. You can see it in detail in the show notes. It ranges from very strict to very open. Some people, very strict, want to stay in their bubble with people living in the same house and avoid all outside contact. Some fairly strict may leave home for work and socialize with masks physically distant. Still others, very open, socialize without masks or physical distance. Self-awareness of your risk tolerance help understand the trust of others. Understanding others' risk tolerance helps understanding of their trust. Trust is complicated. Comfort with uncertainty. We continue to meet our audience and end users where they are when we understand their comfort with uncertainty. Most people, professional and non-professional, feel more comfortable with certainty than uncertainty. Certainty is a continuum. Certain, the earth is round. I will be safer if I look both ways before I cross a busy street. A bit less certain, I will still have a job tomorrow. Ibuprofen will reduce my fever. Much less certain is I will win the lotto. I will never contract COVID-19. In our COVID-19 world, certainty seems harder to pin down. Things appear to change every day. We're repairing the airplane while we're flying it. Part of comfort with uncertainty is that some people think in black and white. It's correct or it isn't. Some think in shades of gray. It depends. Perhaps people who think in gray are more comfortable with uncertainty. Knowing where people live on the continuum of comfort with uncertainty helps us understand their trust context. Trust is complicated. Another continuum relevant to profoundly understanding the context of trust can be represented by individual rights and social responsibility. Those that prize liberties of 
individuals to pursue life without interference of others have a different trust context than those that prize duties or obligations for community cooperation, respect, and participation. It's my right not to wear a mask versus wear a mask to protect each other. How much will the person that values individual rights over all else trust strict evidence-informed mask wearing and physical distancing? How will a person that values cooperation and community over all else trust a voice at the other end of the continuum? Trust is complicated. Critical thinking. Critical thinking at its root is curiously, persistently questioning everything. Does this make sense? So what? How does it apply to this situation? Who benefits? Critical thinking like music is a skill using many muscles that need practice and exercise. As a patient, caregiver, activist, I'm a person who appears to question everything. Yet I'm happy to leave most decisions about multiple sclerosis to those I trust. My wife, my primary care doctor, my neurologist. But without trust, I question everything. My wife, on the other hand, seems to question everything. It's less about trust and more about comfort. Here's two models to help with critical thinking. You can see more in the show notes. They are who, what, where, when, how, and the mnemonic inquiry, I-N-Q-U-I-R-Y. So the who, what, where, when, why, how, it's like who benefits, who deserves recognition, what strengths and weakness, what other possibilities, where, where could this be a problem, where else could we find this, where can we improve, when. When should we ask for help? When would this benefit? Why? Why now? Why is it relevant? How? How do we know the truth? How does this disrupt? How will this play out in the future? Inquiry. So open mind, connect, question, adjust, assess impact, reflect, and ask why. Trust is complicated. Now a word about our sponsor, Abridge. Use Abridge to record your doctor visit. Push the big pink button and record the conversation. Read the transcript or listen to clips when you get home. Check out the app at abridge.com. A-B-R-I-D-G-E dot com. Or download it on the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. Record your healthcare conversations. Let me know how it went. So let's talk about trustworthy versus factual. Once we meet people where they are and understand their risk tolerance, their comfort with uncertainty, their attitude toward individual rights and social responsibility, and willingness and capacity to think critically, Then we bump up against the dilemma of trustworthy and factual. There's a difference. A simple definition of factual is verifiable. Data that is verifiable, getting the same results repeatedly. Actually, we don't do this very often. Yet COVID-19 facts, really almost all facts, seldom stand alone. 
Interpretation and commentary are constant companions to facts. What do facts mean to me, to my community? That's where trust comes in. Interpretation and commentary. Trust is complicated. Okay, likely you will ask, this context stuff is all well and good. It makes sense. But who and what should I trust as I make decisions for safe living in a pandemic? Point me in the right direction. Well, remember what that we started with. We don't have the chutzpah, the energy, or the resources to give seals of approval for trust. Most people don't use nutrition labels, but those that do use the nutrition label to make food selection decisions. Most people who use nutrition labels trust them. Why? For those people concerned about their diet, the nutrition offers some factual information about the food package contents. It makes no claim to healthiness or taste. A person needs to want to know about the contents and interpret the calories, the sugar, the fat, the fiber for themselves. See the label here or in the show notes for macaroni and cheese. You can see serving size, calories, nutrients, and fiber, and percent of daily value. Perhaps a trust label could offer some facts about answering resources that end user can interpret for themselves. So we have a table in the show notes, and I'll read some of it here for you, about trust label contents. And the way we're thinking about it is that there are questions that we sought to answer with a trust label and some fields that could easily be attached to the answering resources. Let me give you some examples. Can I read it? Well, the fields might be languages, reading level, minutes to consume. Is it in a manner I like to get information? Is it print, audio, like podcasts like this, or video? Is it a subject of interest to me? So a brief objective summary. Can I find it? What question does it answer? What category is it in? Our tags. Who wrote it? Who spoke it? The author, the source, etc. Perhaps you're thinking that a trust label seems underwhelming, too simple. While the creation of the nutrition label was a big ask, the nutrition label history runs from a White House conference on food, nutrition, and health in 1969 to the passing of the Nutrition Label and Education Act in 1990, 21 years. The evolution of values and standards continued through the 1990s, 30 years. Trust is complicated. Okay, now what? What's next? So we have taken some baby steps, standing up a library, a repository, a website with person-facing resources, containing a trust label so people can more easily seek and share answers to their questions about safe living in a pandemic. Join us. Help us enter answering resources using this Google form that you can see in the show notes. We built a website, safeliving.tech to house our materials. It's still in development, but it's out there. Talk to us at info at safeliving.tech. Our next step will be summarizing our work for regular people, clinicians, and knowledge management professionals, and hosting some virtual spaces to chat about this work. Trust is complicated. Safe living is complicated. 
You can find more resources about trust and safe living information in the show notes. Thank you. Thanks to Kayla Nelson, web and social media coach, and Joey Van Leeuwen, musician and arranger. See the show notes, previous podcasts, and other resources through my website, www.health-hats.com. Please subscribe and contribute. If you like it, share it. Thanks. See you around the block.